That's what they call insurance. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You're listening to Southern Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 98 of Sapnin Podcast with my fantastically looking self, Sean Smith, and my moderate affair looking friend, Morgan Richards, also known as Mo Dick. It's me, Morgan Richards. You're using that one quite a lot. I, I don't know what you're trying to say. But anyway, this episode, if it was an article, it would feature oh. trouble gum angles, newsworthy headlines, and pieces of die laughing content. Go on, what are they from? The, it's, are they- it's a mixture of journal- journalism puns and therapy fun- puns. Funs. Puns. Therapy funs. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, is it? All right. Um, yeah, don't do that ever again. Um, yeah, this week's guest is a friend of mine and uh, now Morgan's. Yes, lovely, lovely Geordie, journalist, author, turned rock radio producer. He's done loads of jobs. This week's guest is the fantastic Simon Young. Yes, intellectual music journalist, published author and first wave podcaster Simon Young. is an adored Geordie figure inside the music industry here in Britain. And he's got a CV that will impress you and your grandmother. That's how ludicrous it is. He's worked for Krang Magazine for over 15 years and various roles as a writer and deputy editor, produced the BBC One Radio Rock Show with Daniel P. Carter, countless freelance stuff, and just an all-round beautiful Geordie bastard. But now... Sean, he's released a book. What? Yes, a real one. A real one with pages, a cover and everything. I don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's called So Much for the 30-Year Plan, the official and authorised biography by Irish Metal Titans Therapy. That was terrible reading on your part, but yes, um, Simon's book is out now. Go and check it out. If you're a fan of therapy, check it out. If you're not a fan of therapy and you like... um, funny English people, Simon Young is one of them. So, um, yeah, I'm sure the book is extremely interesting, as you'll find out during the interview. Um, he's a massive fan of therapy. And, yeah, what uh, what are some of the stories he tells us about, Morg? 
Well, literally, with this book coming out now, we thought it was the best time to get him on because, as I said, his career is astonishing. He's talking about all those various roles he's being in, the differences, some of the struggles, the highlights, but getting to tour and be on the road while writing features for the likes of Iron Maiden, Metallica, Linkin Park, The Offspring. Uh. Big pretty fly big. for white guys and so much more uh, it gets into his worst time as a journalist having to report after the 9-11 incidents it's just some it's crazy cho- it's chock-a-block it's full there's of so much there's even a dog in this episode George. that's what? how much we've crammed into it there's even a dog do you know what for a slight second because we did because <laughs> we did this interview like a week or two ago I genuinely forgot about the dog, and I was like, Wait, when did we have a dog in? And I remember his dog. So, yeah. Um, yeah, thanks again to Simon Young. Thanks again for being a tidy fella over the years, because I reckon I can count on one hand how many journalists in the rock metal scene I'm probably really friends with, and I'd like to think Simon is one of them. So, thank you very much for giving us the time. You're a superstar. You've always been lovely to me and my bands. Keep on going with Raiders, or I will retract <laughs> everything I just fucking said. Oh, but just to say as well, he gives loads of advice for future journalists, some insights into how you can get started in the industry. And he has a very good Newcastle Geordie banter. Now, we do have listeners from all over the world. So if you're not used to some of the dry Geordie banter, it's a perfect introduction to you. And with the book so much for the 30 year plan it was so successful in its first bit of release that it was completely sold out nice what a sellout. physical copies have been completely sold out they're now reprinting some i think at the time of recording this you might be able to get some online now from various different outlets i've got one coming to my house later on today Shut so up, have you? i actually have i actually you, have you so, sent it to us so no, yeah, yeah, but I, I, I bought a physical copy with my own money, Sean. I don't why? just preach but, things on the podcast and don't come through with them. If I'm telling you stuff. to go and get a record or going to get a book or something, you I'm can't like, buy I'll records, man. Nobody, you can't buy records. <laughs> what? Who's buying records? What? You can buy records. You can still buy records. You can. I think yes. you could just listen to on Spotify and then not give the artist any money whatsoever and expect them to just survive on fresh fucking air. That's how much of a nice guy I'm sure. I like what to give some bands so many. Well, say, <laughs> tell you what, say, you, you know, you, there was no fee for you coming on the podcast, but I think now you owe Morgan a couple of quid. So yeah, nice, <laughs> Morg, nice. Let me know. To tell you what, I'll borrow it after you. Don't tell Simon. <laughs> Simon, you didn't hear that. <laughs> but digital copies are available from wherever you get digital stuff from. So like your phone, your Kindle. Who has Don't a fucking, fucking name every device, Morg. <laughs> but who has a Kindle, though? <laughs> like, do you know a anyone that has a Kindle? Yes, my mother. Pre- oh, okay. Well, Jan yeah, can on, download it on. on Kindle. Go on. Carry on. Go on. What's an idiot has a Kindle? Go on, tell me. <laughs> go on, have a go, Jan. Have a go, Jan. I might be 30 miles away, but I reckon I could throw a punch so hard that it might reach you. Go on, have a go, my mum. No, <laughs> I, said, I said we love Jan. You anyway. Said yeah, you saw... You said, what sort of mouth-breathing Merthyr Tidville scumbag would have a Kindle? Funnily enough, on Jan's Kindle, I downloaded a book by a guy called Charles Hall about UFOs and aliens, which was very interesting. So technically, I've used a Kindle. So if, you, if you're if having a go at Jan, 
which you obviously were. You're not going to go me, right? And when I, when I, oh, when you are lucky there's a local lockdown. Otherwise, we'd be doing this now with me speeding down the A470 towards Cardiff to kick your head in. Anyway, wow. thank you again to Simon Young. Brilliant, brilliant chat. What a, what a legend. If you've enjoyed any of these 98 Technically 99, because we did a bonus episode as well, I suppose. But we call this 98 episodes of content and nonsense. Consense. Trademark Sean Smith. 2018. Please think about checking us out online at Pod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at, at, it's not at, yeah, it's French. And in French, no, uh, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. Tidy. <laughs> what are we trying to do? Offend as many people as we can in the intro. Sorry Why, to any, sorry to any Kindle readers. Sorry oh, to any no. French oh, no, people. No. Whoa, back to, oh, what the fuck's wrong with the French? I accidentally slipped in dicks. I love it so much. What are you having to go? You're having to go a Kindle. Look, look, look. Owner the Kindle, right? You're having to go then, and then you're having to go love French. You have changed, but this has gone to your head. Oh la yeah. la. Um, anyway, yes, we love every single person. That we love everyone. Doesn't matter. Any, anyway, if you're checking us out online at Sapping Pod, please go and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapmin as well. If you like our rambles, want to give back and even more crazy content, that is the place to be. Yes, if you want to hear more of this Welsh rambling bullshit, our bonus content is the place for you because it's where I real I let my real opinions out. Because I have to, you know, I can't be um, can't be true to self all my time, all the time, on yeah. Because I don't want people to think um, I hate Scar. Oh no, I've just said it. Shit. Too late. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for getting this far. I think we should head over to Simon Young. What do you reckon? Yes, let's get the astonishing, funny journalist that is Simon Young on here. Astonishing. Yet. You were He's- running out of words. Yeah, no, he's and cool. I'm, he's good. He's cool. But, uh, well, no. Oh, for fuck's sake, let's oh. just get on with it. Sapnin! Sapnin! I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sapnin! 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 It, it was all right. It was a bit. It was a bit unenthusiastic. It was. Sam. I'm gonna. Sapnin. There it is. There, there it go. is. The lovely, the lovely Jordy charisma of a, of a journalist, author, lovely, lovely chap. Always been nice to me. The fantastic Simon Young. Yes. How are you, Simon? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I'm all right. Not bad. Um, not bad. I haven't seen. I haven't seen you for a while, so this is a treat. Yeah, it's been quite a while. Um, yeah, I left Kerrang about 2014, so it would have been just before then, probably. Yeah, was, well, yeah, we split up in 2015. Yeah, 2015 we split up. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was, yeah, it was probably just as you left, I suppose. Which, yeah, um, yeah what have uh, yeah, we've been up to since? So, I left Kerrang in 2014, and then I joined... Uh, Dan Carter's uh, Rock Show's producer, mm. and I did that for a year. And then I joined Team Rock as a editor of uh, TeamRock.com, and I did that for about two years until it crashed and burned oh. just before Christmas. So, oh, yeah. nice. That's just what you want. Yeah, then I've just been freelancing ever since, so nice. and writing books and yeah, all sorts. It's been <laughs> yeah. good. Well, nice. Yeah. Well, well, there's so much we're, we're going to get to it into, into this conversation. But as you said already, throughout your career, you've had loads of different job titles and roles and, and stuff. Can you just go through kind of the differences of, of some of those bits of work to, to start? Because obviously you were at Kerrang! as a writer and editor for over 15 years. Um, you had that year, as you said, with Dan Carter on The Rock Show and Radio 1. Well, I mean, how, how did everything really come about and how different has those roles been over the years? Um, so I did, I did some work. Exp- I did a fanzine. I was a runner for a TV uh, company in... Um, Sorry, that's the sound of my uh, a puppy that's chewing my hand. Uh, so yeah, uh, I became a um, a runner in London, um, sort of ninety eight, and uh, I was doing like long night shifts and not doing much at all because I was kind of at the beck and call of staff who wanted a coffee here and then. And uh, so I started to do a fanzine because I did a bit of music writing when I was at university. And uh, Curb Dog was the only band I did an actual interview with, and the rest were sort of reviews. And uh, I just really enjoyed it. And I'd always wanted to be a music writer because I'd kind of started writing Kerrang, uh, reading Kerrang, sorry, um, since I was about 12. So to the fanzine, and I just kept bumming into like Phil Alexander and various members of the um, Kerrang staff at gigs because I went to as many gigs as I could when I was doing day shifts and stuff. And uh, I just did a fanzine. I handed it to him and then I became a... Um... Yes, that's true, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I did some work experience in um, early f- 99 and uh, it was sort of, sort of in the spring, I bummed into Ashley Bird at Cable's last gig and he said, oh, we need someone to file some uh, photographs. Uh, do, you, do you fancy just coming in for a few days and uh you know doing that then and uh 
That is true. <laughs> I'm waiting for the dog to correct the dog to correct you. <laughs> yeah. for, you go. Oh no! Actually, no. You are right. It was 98. <laughs> so Larry said it was uh, May, late May. Uh, it was yeah. at Dingwalls. Yes, that's right. Uh, and um, I went in to just file some pictures and didn't really leave because I, I don't know. I just I, I did work experience in the February and I, I didn't want to leave. Then I had such a good week. Ended up going for a curry with them after the mag went to print on the Friday, and uh, I was gutted when I had to go back to working at um, a pub in Southgate in North London. But um, yeah, he asked me to do some uh, picture filing, and um, I was yeah, I just did it, and uh, the, I sort of ended up doing a, a column about the internet called Webhead, and it was like you know wild and wacky uh, websites at the time. And uh, looking back at those first columns, it just it's amazing how primitive the internet looked at the time and what people <laughs> yeah. were happy to click on. So, yeah, it was good. And um, I sort of did the news. I did the uh, reader's letters after that. Just my job just increased incrementally. And um, then I, I kind of went freelance for a while so I could do features and stuff. And then I became a sort of um, member of staff a couple of years after that because I, I kind of craved kind of a bit of a stable job just with being in London and things. Yeah, then I became, uh, what, what happened next? I, I became sort of a news assistant to Dom Lawson and then Nicola Brown then became news editor. And I sort of, sort of in the mid 2000s, I started doing an audio podcast and that quite quickly became a, um, a video podcast and sort of that ran in tandem with working on, on the print. And I, I enjoy both of them sort of just as much as each other, but I was kind of in the office all the time and then eventually became deputy editor uh, of a, a, a magazine. I grew up worshiping and it, that's, it was a that's surreal, yeah. <laughs> surreal journey. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember like the first time that you like spoke to a band that you were like, how the fuck am I speaking to these? Like, how have I got access to these? Iron Maiden in a splitter. Uh, <laughs> in about, it would have been 2000 because they, they were doing like some European shows before they did this huge gig at, um, in London. And uh, it was basically a sort of a, a, a small on the road piece with uh, questions from celebrities. So I had like a list of questions from people like... Uh, Gina Moreno and Kerry King and I was just sat and so we did the interview sort of uh, traveling between the hotel and the it was either somewhere in France or it was like Holland because they did two shows one after the other I was just I'd really <laughs> I think uh, their manager Rod told them that I'd been a fan since I was a kid so you know don't expect to be you know troubled too much by you know yeah. hard questions and stuff <laughs> I was but while I was chatting, I just blanked completely. And all I could think about was like the posters I had on my bedroom wall and seeing them in Whitley Bay when I was 12. But they, they were fantastic. And uh, I, I got to do a, a good handful of cover features with them and various bits and pieces over the years. And they always remembered and were always fantastic. And it was great to, you know, they always say, don't meet your heroes, but I, I have met a lot of heroes and I've never been disappointed. Yeah. Snap. At all. Snap. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Like, I was I was actually talking to my friend earlier. I was a tattooist. Um, yeah, I popped by his shop. Masked, of course. I'm not a maniac. Um, 
yeah, we were talking about like meeting heroes and stuff, and like I, I, I genuinely thought Fred Durst was going to be a massive dick to me, and um, yeah, he turned out to be absolutely lovely, which was yeah, unbelievable. But was there? Did did you come across many dickheads? Surely you must have come across dickheads because I know I did. I've met. There's there's been interviews where it's hard going like some interviews are fantastic and just like a conversation with a mate type thing yeah but there's been like lincoln park were hard work but it was it was a few it was literally a few days after 9-11 and they couldn't really go home because of the flight bans and stuff so they were kind of stuck having to fulfill their kind of tour and stuff it was, these were big shows as well Mike Chino was very diplomatic about it all, but Chester Bennon just did not want to be there. And it was kind of, I don't, he wasn't like picking a fight during the argument, but he, it wasn't the, the nature of the questions weren't being taken in the spirit they were intended. And he, you know, he called me a bastard and oh, well. the wow. photo shoot was painful to watch. It was like watching a group of men just, if they, if they could be any further from that, dressing room they would in a heartbeat and it was just it was just a surreal few days just the the world was a really surreal place for a few days mm. and um it it just wasn't it was just it was just really strange and as a result i i think i wrote the worst feature i'd ever written in my life oh really it was just i don't know the the quotes were there but i just it was just hard mm. to write for some reason yeah yeah, I can I can imagine, but like with stuff like that as well, right? it must just be doing that at the at that time, such a, like an awkward experience and wrong wrong place, right time kind of thing. I, I think it does yeah. have that effect. It was yeah, it really spilled into just the whole because you kind of go into features, you know, you you spend a few days on the road with a massive band because they were huge at that point, you know, very quickly, and um, it just spilled into the right, and I think. And I just thought, I, I don't know if I can do this because the feature was sent back a few times to tweak and rewrite. And I was just like, I, I've, I think this is it. This is probably the last bit of work I'm going to do. And it was, it was really stressful. And uh, that nagging doubt sometimes revisits me <laughs> uh, <laughs> even now. It's really strange. But the, the, you could like all of the American bands who were doing promo around that time, they were, they were having to kind of carry on with what they were doing, but just everyone was just like i'm not sure if this is right to do it this time you know if it, it felt very banal asking about fun off the cuff questions when th there was one band um from new york uh, uh he was he still hadn't found out whether his uh friend was safe oh wow yeah and he was he had to come in and do bits and pieces and he ended up just calling it off as he got there basically wow. it was just a, a very yeah. strange time did you ever get to speak to um lincoln park after or did you try to s stay away yeah, from him? Um, uh, i don't think i interviewed chester again after that but uh mike uh i did a few times afterwards and uh he was always fine he's yeah. always nice it was nice. just a weird time for the band so i didn't you know yeah. i didn't hold it against them mm. it was just i just remember how hard it was and i just because up till then all my interviews were really plain sailing and had to do what I had to do and it was fine yeah yeah because yeah, because one of the things I wanted to mention I mean Sean and I were talking beforehand and you've been known for doing some very off-the-cuff fun kind of stories interviews and, and stuff like that throughout your career we we 
if you just look at the Google images of you, the first thing that comes up is... Uh, is it a vest? Uh, well, uh, <laughs> a vest? I don't know. It's, it's yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure if it's a... Uh, it's a fella's uh, if it's a fella's vest. <laughs> I think it's been dis- I, th- I think it's been described as a singlet. Oh, nice, nice. It's That's not even right, a vest yeah. you'd see someone masculine like uh, someone from Sick Riddle wearing. It was yeah. very dandy and too small for my uh, podgy frame, <laughs> and um, I just decided to wear it on a video <laughs> podcast, much to a. Uh, Gustav from Young Guns uh, Amusement. Yeah, yeah. He, it looked like he was he was struggling to make eye contact. I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my eyes are up here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's around then that I realised that the internet is forever. So yeah, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but, oh, but, but staying on the positive side of things, I mean, is that always something you, you've tried to incorporate in your work is to, is to try and try and have fun with it? Obviously, there's, there's scenarios where serious stories and you need to be a bit more professional, let's say, but is there always trying to make, make the work fun for both you and whoever else is involved? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's been times where I've been given like serious... I mean, most of the features have been serious yeah. to some degree. Um, if there's like, I did something with um, Miles from Alter Bridge and it was talking about a loss of a parent and stuff. And um, that's happened to me. So I think I was given that job because I had a large degree of empathy and experience with that. But the the most serious pieces would go to like Paul Brannigan and Ian Winwood and Tom Bryant and stuff. And um, I think because because of the podcast and just because of the way I am in uh, serious situations, I tend to veer on the, let's try and make someone laugh and keep the, uh, keep the levels up. <laughs> I would, I'd be given the, the more, uh, the more fun kind of uh, aspects of, you know, the, yeah. the magazine. Well, yeah. I remember after. back, back from my days when, um, uh, where people were interested in what I was doing musically. Um, I was, uh, <laughs> Always, always happy to find out if we were speaking to you because uh, you're a very funny chap. And I always loved my, my favorite, some of my favorite bits of Kerrang were Simon Young's um, captions on photos. All right. Yeah, that was the thing I was given a lot to do. Yeah. Basically, right. I remember front, I think it was front yeah. and like loaded. I would, I would buy them and it would literally just be for how funny the captions were. And it genuinely got like that with Kerrang for me with you. So uh, right. yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I love doing the captions. Um, I was just thinking about podcasts the other day, and do you remember when it was Reading and I interviewed you and Bob, and um, I didn't do the white balance at the start of the video, and Bob came out where he was just like, yeah, yeah like this, like, yeah, like kind of like I am now by this big window. Yeah, um, yeah uh, he to just go came back out. to it. Can I do it again? Because I can't see your head in the frame. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> that, that was so embarrassing. Uh, that's, and I don't think Bob's fine. ever forgotten it. <laughs> it was so shiny, shiny that day. It all the grudge. It all the grudge. Let me tell you. But the thing is, it, yeah, it doesn't take something. Lo- it doesn't take long for something else to come and piss him off, mate. So he probably, <laughs> right. he probably does remember it, but he's not angry at that at the moment because he's currently locked down. I'm the only one in my band who's allowed to travel freely to other places in Wales or England or wherever I want to go. Because right. Bob Bob is in Caerphilly, so he's trapped, and our drummer and our bassist live in um, the Ronda Cannon Taff, which has just been locked down. So I'm the only one wow. in my band who's now allowed out at the moment. 
Um, wow. I yeah. didn't realise Wales was going undergoing a lockdown. I know Newcastle and surrounding areas have, yeah, um, but I didn't realise um, Wales was under the... Yeah, local, oh, the, local it, ones. It, there's a lot of uh, conspiracy theorists and anti-maskers where I come from. Like, Facebook is a cesspool of idiots. Yeah. It's, it's fucking driving it, me mad. The last couple of years has really brought out the uh, the cream of uh, <laughs> crazy right yeah. now. It's, it's strange. It's, I, I just find it bonkers how they would rather believe some elaborate ruse than... I think it's because they're not excited by the fact it's just a virus is killing people. They need something like, oh, there's got to be like a government thing or there's QAnon and all that insane shit. And it's just, people are just looking for something because they're bored, I think. And it's it, it's going to be the end of the world, I think. I think, um, I think so. Yeah, I think uh. Facebook now. Yeah, yeah well, we've gone. <laughs> ah. I like it. We've gone off Kerrang. I like how we've gone. Ah, do you know what? Oh. We're all good. Yeah, it's the end of the world soon. Um, yeah, something I wanted to ask about... Um, <laughs> Uh, your days at Kerrang. I know, like, I only found this out quite a while after, but I remember we took, um, we went to Japan once and we took, we had Ian Winwood with us. Oh, yeah. And I'd, yeah, I didn't realise it way after that. The, the band had to pay for, uh, for, for him to fly out, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, did you get to go on many trips like that? Uh, I'd never, I never managed to uh, do the, you know, the coveted sort of Japan trips because that was like the holy grail. Just because of uh, the frequency, like British bands or, or you know American bands would go out there. I did a lot of American trips when I went to like South America uh, with Iron Maiden, with uh, Ashley Mail, and that remained one of my favorite ever experiences. So I went to Rio de Janeiro, Rio de Janeiro, sorry, and Sao Paulo, and um, on the day off, Bruce Dickinson, we got a helicopter from the top of our hotel. And uh, the the promoter had basically put on like the is it Formula Three? It, yeah, it was like I think so. Something like that. It was a local uh, drive a driver who's a famous Formula Three driver, and he wanted to take Bruce Dickinson driving round uh, Interlagos uh, Grand Prix circuit. Yeah, and uh, we got to watch that, and we went go karting with him, and then Bruce Dickinson went fencing with like local like Olympic standard fences and he just didn't stop all day. Of course he did. Unbelievable. Of course he did. There's was, was ways of spending a day off and he just lived it. <laughs> With sweat at the end. Unbelievable. You know, just, but just going in a helicopter to, to watch someone do something cool while I should have been in the office by all by all, <laughs> by all accounts and it, yeah it was stuff like that but i went to like new york and la and um and stuff like that but at the start everyone would be going off everywhere at all times like i remember paul brannigan when he was freelance came in from something like a smashing pumpkins trip in america came into the office wrote it up went home to pack then he was back out to america the next day for something else wow. and Gradually, that kind of frequency, dri- you know, dwindled to like yeah. you can do a phoner if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're in America, yeah. Phone the There's blackout. The we're in America, yeah. yeah. With a oh. call, I generally have to pay for as well. Oh, oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing. But um, well, yeah. while we're talking about your time in Kerrang and everything, I, w- I want to ask a bit more about that deputy editor role because I don't think a lot of people re- realize that kind of work and kind of stress organization, everything that that goes into it. Can can you 
talk about like your day to day at that time? Yeah. Um, so I was deputy editor for about a year and a half. And um, so James McMahon was the editor. So he kind of looked after the big stuff, like the, the covers and, you know, you know, the, the big things like meeting the labels and kind of courting managers and stuff to get, you know, the big stars for the issues and stuff. And mine would be kind of uh, more of a, a day-to-day thing in the office and making sure things were running smoothly. And it was pretty stressful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect timing. Dog's got yeah. comedy timing now. He, he, he did a month on a, a monthly magazine and he, he said never again. Was, uh... <laughs> but um, yeah, it was, it was so it was like, you know, um, just maintaining the day-to-day stuff. And But then you've got things like the internet to consider and, and I was doing the podcast as well. And it was just, uh, it was really hard. It was really hard work, um, but it was very satisfying at the same time. And it was just surreal to to reach that level in a magazine I'd started at, at the, you know, making tea and writing about the internet and coveting all the, the the free stuff that went into a big cupboard and sometimes borrowed. And what was uh what was the best thing you've had for free, Sam? Um, I was once sent. Uh, a Kermit with a Weezer t-shirt when Gone Fishing came out. What? And uh, I went on eBay and uh, paid for quite a few presents for Christmas. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, if you got that, that's probably worth a fortune. And you're like, nah, it's gone already. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, how was work? How was working with James McMahon? He was good. Um, you know, it was, he, he had a... He, it, it was because a lot of the editors had came in up through the ranks and stuff. So, you know, someone new and someone who'd worked for the enemy, it was uh, strange to get adjusted to. But I learned a lot from him and stuff. And uh, it's a long, like, because I was sort of news editor. Then I kind of went through a, a quite a rigorous interview process with him and Phil Alexander and stuff. But I learned a lot from him, and uh, well, while you you had to go through that interview while you were already at Kerrang. Yeah, so I was doing news and going off to do a job interview, and not knowing about it for a little while, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, come on, please give me the job." Yeah. <laughs> I, Did they interview uh, anybody else in the office for you at the time? Uh, I don't honestly know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Probably, uh, but it's not the sort of thing you want to shout about in case it doesn't happen. Yeah. No, yeah, to. I was just wondering if there was like a couple of you just in the office, just like, oh, when do we find out? Oh, and then, uh, then you I, I, got I it. Honestly, can't remember. Yeah, it, it's so long ago now as well. So long ago. Am I right in saying, though, that during that time, you actually got to spend a day in Metallica, Metallica's inner circle? I did that uh, recently. Um Ooh. Well, not recently. <laughs> See, time has gone into this weird gloop where I can't differentiate days of the week. Uh, last summer, um, when they played Barcelona, I just did a, a trip to Barcelona, which was the last, last, who knows, last trip uh, abroad. And um, it was like a, a reader's questions thing. So it was, it was a dead easy job. Uh, Lars and Kirk uh, fielded the questions and I got to just sort of hang around because they played um, like an old, I think it was an old Olympic stadium or something that had been used for the Olympics years and years ago. So it was just this cavernous kind of dressing room area. And um, just, just seeing like the, you know, the 
true behind the scenes of like one of the biggest bands on the earth. Uh, it was amazing because like, you know, like Maiden, Metallica were a band I grew up with. It was just amazing. You know, I, I saw James Hetfield walk past and I, I, I've interviewed him on the phone for something, but I'd never sort of met him face to face and he's so tall. It's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, just just seeing the amount of staff that all come together to, to pull like a, you know, a stadium show like that. It's, it's amazing. And at the end, they had loads of local crew who had like uh high-vis vests and uh, matching hard hats. And they look like doozers from um, Fraggle Rock <laughs> from the distance. Yeah. They were just like there were 50 of them ready to like this because this stage had to be dismantled and in another country within 24 hours. And they were just like chumming at the bit ready to go. And you just think, you know, it's it's not like five blokes carrying their amps off stage, chucking them in a van. It's the degree of planning and organisation. It was, you know, yes, yeah, something yeah, to behold. It's yeah. insane, yeah. Um, yeah, did you get to see Metallica's Rider? Have they got anything weird? I just want to know, like... Um, I, I didn't really see the Rider, but they had, like... It looked like a kind of tuck shop for crew and band. So if they needed to buy something like, whether it's deodorant or snacks, there was this this dressing room that was set up like a shop. And I suppose you'd put your per diems in there or... That's mad. What? I, I think it's just because, I think it's because everyone's so busy or so famous, they can't really leave that little compound. Okay. So Metallica's was, got was, a traveling shop. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose, I think that's what it was. It was, I just remember seeing socks and just things like stuff that you wouldn't normally think to buy. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's insane. It's like, yeah, I've heard of like, like I know they've got like a, re- they normally have a dressing room that's like a rehearsal room as well that they go yeah. jamming beforehand. Now, Ian Winwood went into that when he did them on the road and I, I didn't get to do that and I was Aww. so gutted. Oh, bastard. Bloody but that's, Ian Winwood. That's, that's just made me think though that surely there's a job out there to be Metallica's shopkeeper. Yeah. I want that job. <laughs> I, I, that would be... Imagine being their shopkeeper. That would imagine be... Imagine so- being their accountant and being oh. like... You employ a shopkeeper for what? <laughs> and they're like, oh, so 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 yeah. he does fucking tough with, brushes on uh, tour. Like, what? Would they have to dress up like open all hours? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for four candles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's nuts. I never. Th- Do you know what? I've never thought about that. That's quite a clever thing, though. That's bonkers because, like, I remember, like, when Blink, we did arenas with Blink, and like, they all had a dressing room each as far away from each other as they possibly could. Um, ironically, in a big triangle, which Tom DeLong probably enjoyed. Um, <laughs> and and they had like their own. Travis had his own vegan catering. Mark and Tom, Mark and Tom had to use had the you know like a normal catering, and yeah, they were just apart from each other. But they never had anything like a shop or. I don't even think they had a room to get together. I don't even know if they got together before the shows. That was that was bonkers. Um, I saw them all separately, but I never saw them together. And, um, yeah, it's mad, isn't it? it yeah. It's- <laughs> but I suppose if you're miles away from anyway and you, you, know, you don't have the local shop situations, like I suppose if you just have everything you need. Yeah, it's genius. It's, yeah. Yeah. I'm, pretty, um, I, I'm sure I didn't dream it, but there, there was stuff... <laughs> Available, whether it was for money or just like a sort of a on tick. Yeah. You know, well, it was even, if you dre- even if you dreamt it, that's a great idea for arena-sized bands. 
So if, yeah. you, if you did, or you, a mate, you just, yeah, also, yeah, well, yeah. Simon, after this, me and you were having a discussion about writing a sitcom. <laughs> Imagine this: the shop on tour. That's genius. Um, I'm almost flabbergasted by it. It's such a good idea. I've never. Where else would James Hetfield be buying socks? He's not going to pre-mark in Cardiff, is he? He's just going to stay in the arena and he's going to fucking. Unbelievable. Ah, oh, crazy. Oh, sorry, Mark. Crazy. But um, I'd be interested to, to know about your time at Radio 1 with uh, with, with Daniel Picard. How did um, how did all that come about and, and what was it what was it like working as a producer? Uh, so I knew Dan from um, I would bump into Dan before I'd even started a Kerrang really um, and just through A I would uh, just you know I, I just got to know him through interviewing A and he'd pop into the office and stuff when he was in London and things and would just chat because we had similar taste in music and um, there was one time he told me to mention this if I ever did a podcast where uh, so the Krang Awards, the Offspring had played live and uh, I was, I think I was the Offspring's chaperone. Um, <laughs> was this on the boat? Did they have an after party on a boat? They did one year, I think. Yeah, that I'm was just, my first this... ever Krang after party. And I remember this was the first time I was like, oh, um, I was having a piss in the toilet and Noodles or Noodle or whatever his fucking name is from Offspring turned up and he was, I was like, oh, the giant man from the Offspring. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, carry on, carry on. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, um, it was in a hotel where they, they did like, I'm sure that it was the Offspring and maybe I think Air played. It's it's a bit of a haze now, but um, I was the Offspring's chaperone and I'm sure they went on stage and... Uh, the idea is you lead them to the stage, then you meet them on the other side of the stage and take them off to do all the press and stuff. Seal was there that year, and so was Adrian Edmondson and Jennifer Saunders. I remember that. <laughs> wow. And uh, I didn't know what to do. I, I got them on the side of the stage, and I wasn't sure how to get to the side stage. So there's fo- there was footage of me <laughs> sniper crawling across the stage. Oh, no. Because the tables were right against the lip of the stage, so I couldn't really get around, and I, I panicked. And, uh, yeah, I kind of sniper crawled across <laughs> <laughs> noses. uh, but i I met the band on the other side of the stage and my job was fulfilled nice Uh, but apparently it looked mental nice (laughs) and um yeah yeah and then dan carter then and then yeah so yeah so um he so yeah he he'd been uh you know he's been presenter for rock show for a number of years now and um at the time he just said uh our producers um going to be leaving you know, in, in, in a few months or whatever, um, are you interested? Do you want us to put your name forward for an interview and stuff? And um, I was, but by then I was ready for a fresh challenge. Just, you know, I'd been at Kerrang for about 14 years at that point. And I was, I'd, I'd always had an interest in audio, with, you know, with, with the podcast and stuff. And I, I just thought, you know, you don't really turn down a chance to work at Radio 1. On, on a show like The Rock Show with Dan you know to work with a mate in a, such a role it's like you'd be foolish not to try it at least and um, had a few job interviews and uh, had a, there was a kind of transition period where I, I would been sitting in on shows and stuff and their producer um, Karis was like teaching me how to um, be a producer really and it was 
so stressful because there's this you go into you, you know you see the desk hmm. and it's like there's so many things to remember oh and yeah yeah programs to learn and <laughs> and there's, there's this whole other thing about compliance where you've got to kind of go comb through all the lyrics and kind of obviously there's certain swear words you're not allowed or you've got to justify and uh but this is like you know metal on top of that so you'll you'll have quite graphic depictions of scenarios and stuff and you've got to kind of work out whether it's suitable for play or it you know then you've got to discuss it with i, I can't remember the the chain that you have to go through but you have to kind of justify each song yeah well, how do you what how, how would you justify a swear word like i would do like how would i get a song with a swear word? would i have to be like well look yeah. it's the point of the song well, yeah, I mean, when he was on at midnight till two, was it midnight till two? It was, it was easier because it was, you know, but then it went to like uh, sort of mid-evening on Sundays and stuff. So there wasn't, you weren't allowed any, but before nine and after that, you kind of sort of just defined stuff. It, it, I think it was just, it didn't have to be gratuitous and stuff, but it was just stressful. And there's times I thought, have I, because you'd get the track and you put it on the, the computer for Dan to choose. And it's like, did I put the right track on the adrenaline from after each show would take me hours to get back to go to sleep because it would be just, everything's like on your shoulders because, you know, Dan's taking care of the show and it's like, but if there's anything bad happens, it's all on, on me for that time. But it was brilliant. Um, did anything, sorry to ask this, but did anything bad ever happen? Did you ever let any, uh, uh, killing the name full version? It, not as bad as that, but there, there was one, one or two times where, like, uh, a, a, some words would sneak through and stuff, and I would, I would have to preempt any complaints by telling like the highest level. Oh wow! And explain. Oh, wow! And it was, and I got chewed out once because it was like this cannot happen again, and I was just felt so rubbish at everything. And uh, then it happened again about a month later. And I was like, maybe it's not for me because <laughs> you kind of live and die by the mistakes and stuff. But um, it, it was, it was a fantastic experience. And I love working with Dan, but um, it's just the, the level of stress. It was because it's like, you know, it's going out to the country <laughs> live. It's not like, oh, well, we can delete that swear word on a bit of paper. You know, it's just a totally different thing. But it was it was great, and I had loads of fun. And Dan used to, uh, I used to go to the toilet before we go in, and uh, Dan would make face masks and come in and scare the hell out of me when my <laughs> <laughs> when my nerve when my nerves are at quite a high level already, and he would just come in and just scare the hell out of us. Oh wow! But yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it was I, good fun. I, I can only imagine how stressful that part of it was because like you know, I've I've got a background on radio and stuff. But- but and there's been a few times where a few uh, cheeky swear words have, have come through, so I can only imagine on on that scale uh, of a place like Radio One, oh, wouldn't wouldn't want to face that wrath. <laughs> yeah, it's it because it, there's a lot of responsibility for that kind of thing. Because like you know, because it's a public publicly funded thing, you've you've you have to answer to certain things if it goes wrong. And it was just. Do you, the, do you remember what song it was that? Um snuck through oh it was it was just a really sludgy nasty thrash song and i don't know what happened because i i knew it was a hot spot 
and I, I, there's so many things were going on maybe to get this show ready. I just overlooked it and it was awful. It's terrifying. <laughs> just reliving the, the horror. <laughs> yeah, sorry, about, yeah, sorry, sorry about bringing the trauma back. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, awesome. we have been told that these these uh, podcasts are like therapy for a lot of our guests. So, um, <laughs> so maybe I feel good now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I haven't done too bad. Um, <laughs> well, um, mentioning therapy, hey, I think perfect yes. segue into talking about your new book. Um, yes. Yeah. Tell us all about it. How, how did it come about? How did it come about? Um, right, so there's um, there's these books called 33 and a Third where they're quite thin books, but they're kind of quite an in-depth look at a certain album in a band's career and you pick your album and you pitch it to this company who publish about, I don't know how many publish a year, but it's, it's a, it's, they get a lot of interest every time they say we're opening submissions now. And I was like, I really want to do something on therapy. So I, I, I messaged Andy and Michael just saying, are you cool with it if I do something maybe on Trouble Gum or Infernal Love? And uh, they were like, yeah, and we'll we'll do interviews if you you know fresh ones if you want to do it and and stuff. Then a little while later, um, I've got to say at this point, I'd, I'd known therapy basically since I started at Kerrang, so it was a good twenty year basis of uh, you know I just sent a text because you know that's that's the year twenty nineteen or whatever, and <laughs> um. And then they came back and just said, uh, do you want to do a full biography? Because um, the 30th anniversary is coming up. And I think that I think that there was ideas for books in the past, but um, it, it didn't happen for various reasons and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. I, I just said yes, because I thought, when do you get chances to do something like this? And, uh, you know, especially with bands you've, you've kind of listened to for 25 years or whatever. And um so I met with uh, Andy and Neil, the drummer, um, in uh, London, and just had some lunch and just talked about it for a while. And I just said, uh, "I'll, I'll have to get a book deal." <laughs> <laughs> but um, one of one of the books I'd taken as an example of how we could do it was by Jawbone Press, and it was uh, a book by it was like King's X and all history, and it was just all the band talking about, you know, the the various. Uh, adventures and stuff and uh but I, I really like joe bones books they you know they had such a good back catalogue and they looked good and it was just it just looked like a, a great uh publishing house to kind of possibly you know approach and then see what their ideas were uh so while i was chasing that we started just doing the interviews anyway um because I, I suppose you know at the end of the day you could self-publish it if you wanted to you know, there's nothing stopping you from doing a book, but um, uh, and they they were interested in the idea, and uh, they said, "Can you send us a sample chapter?" So I spent, in hindsight, far too long crafting this one chapter out of thirty to uh, you know submit as an example of what the book could be like, and it was about infernal love, and just because I just thought there was so much happening with the band at the time. And uh, they got back to me a few weeks later and said, yeah, let's do it. So at the time, uh, we were having our, because uh, we live in a terraced house in Hastings, and uh, our basement was being ripped out and renovated and stuff. So during all these, because I would uh, do the interviews like this on Skype, 
and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, you just hear hammering and drilling in the background <laughs> oh, and, uh, you know, repeated requests for cups of tea or <laughs> this needs paying for. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to write a book, darling. <laughs> so, um, uh, so yeah, that was done then. So I, I give myself from, um, so it was, it was all on sound files and all the research had been done by Christmas. And uh, I gave myself, well, they, they said, if you want it out by September, you're going to have to have it in by the end of March. So every night for three months, I was basically just sitting down and like, I'm not getting up until I've done the chapter more or less. Then lockdown was announced a week before the deadline and my brain just ground to halt. I was just like, everything's too weird right now. And I, the last, like last few pages, I was I kind of got in just in time, but it was just a, such a weird time to spend so much time on a book and feel this gradual global disaster creeping up on the news and stuff, you know, trying to concentrate on a book. But, um, it, it was a great experience and stuff. And, uh, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And the, like I would send the band chapters regularly just to make sure they were happy with what, was in and you know if the stories were correct and but um michael had like so many details like uh, I, I was given access to a, a word doc which basically had every gig that ever played and any details with it and i was like I, I who knows if i'll get if i do another book if i'll get access to that kind of that level of detail because it made everything so much easier Mm, but it was awesome. fantastic yeah, yeah. Nice. that's crazy to hear but like therapy of being a band who have such an incredible story I mean you know they've been going it's a 30th anniversary they've had 15 albums and the the book really gets into that there's the, the highs the lows there's problems of drugs sold out shows I mean the, the, the lot was it quite interesting to actually sit down and, and relive really everything they've been through yeah, it was it was really interesting because you know there's there was stuff I knew inside out and there was stuff when when there was times when they were having difficulties with labels and stuff from the outside you wouldn't really guess that mm. you know because therapy have been so consistent with touring and releasing stuff you don't you don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff that's going on behind the scenes so when you hear them saying things were really difficult and you just think wow and you know I was fairly close to the band being at Kerrang and having an idea of what their next moves were going to be. But when you hear them say that they had to fund, like they'd uh, lost their deal with A&M and they had to sort of self-finance a tour from their own savings just to keep the, the band going. It's a, it's an amazing thing. And it just shows you the level of dedication they had to their own band and the friends to ensure that the people who bought the tickets would see them. And that was a, a tour I saw before I joined Kerrang. So, but you, you know, thinking back, I, you wouldn't have known that it was it was quite stressful for them at the time. Yeah. Was there any other? Um, I, you know, obviously don't don't want to spoil the book. We want people to read the book. But um, yeah, was there any other like crazy moments that like really stood out for you with what they were doing, or um, just, just from the early, like you know, the from the beginnings in Northern Ireland, I. Regrettably, I have a very vague idea of the whole political, you know, I know the basics and stuff, but reading more into it, I, was, I, I had no idea about certain things, but, you know, that what what really was happening in Northern Ireland and you just, 
hear that, you know, certain band members couldn't really go in to collect keys for a rehearsal room because their surname might provoke some a violent act, you know, because they, they didn't like their, not their religion, but, you know, you know, it, it just very fractious kind of uh, times. And uh, yeah, just that, that commitment to just playing music in, you know, sort of a, a war zone, I suppose, at times. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, and they, they just stuck at it and it moulded them into the people they are today. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. And there's me, and there's me, <laughs> w- worried about the conspiracy theorists of Merthyr Tidville <laughs> while they're, um, while they're in the, uh, yeah, the Northern Ireland conflicts, like. <laughs> Grow up, Sean, will you? Grow up. <laughs> you, a couple of masked idiots, yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's incredible. But yeah, but it, it missed... Like as you said, you you listened to the band for years and stuff anyway. So to have all that access and be able to to tell their story now must just be something that you're quite proud of, both professionally and from a, a fan's point of view. Yeah, as a like as a fan, first and foremost, I'm st- still shocked that my name's attached to their thirty year story, and it's theirs. It's not something I've done on my own in a secret room somewhere. It's like, it's their, it's their book and my name's on it as well. It, it's really, uh, it's surreal. I'm, I'm, I'm immense. It, it's been months since I finished it now, but I'm immensely like to hold it and look at it and have people ask about it. It's, it's very surreal, but I'm immensely proud of it. And, uh, like some people have been receiving books a few days early that did pre-orders and stuff. And, um, it's just reignited the whole excitement of it coming out every time I see someone like uh, a, f- a friend in LA ordered it and got it already. Someone in Chicago has got it. It's just, it's weird to think about that. My book's gone worldwide. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, Thank you. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Would you, who would you like to do next? Is there anybody else you'd like, would you keep, would you keep doing like biographies or would you, would you want to do other things? Um, I'd l- I'd love to do more biographies. Uh, it's I'm I'm kind of talking to a couple of artists at the moment. Ooh, nice, yeah. But uh, if I say the names out loud, I might jinx it forever. Yeah, that's true. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you afterwards. Okay, <laughs> but, okay. Um, please do. But that'd be very exciting um, if those came off. I'd be uh, floored again about you know to do either one. So fingers crossed for that. But um. Because I've never never really been a fiction person. I've always enjoyed reading about musicians and stuff. Yeah. So I'm not going to go off and do a swords and sandals fantasy <laughs> epic set in Jaro. Uh, yeah. Therapy but, um, in space. Yeah, that'll be the follow-up. You know, it might be the safest place to play scene. So. That's, yeah, that's, that's true. true, yeah. I wonder how long till a band does play a gig up in space. I guarantee cat. Muse are thinking about can oh, we do Muse. a gig in space? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's gonna be, if it is, it's going to be one of those, isn't it? It's going to be like a 30 seconds to Mars. Like Angels that and Airwaves. Oh, yes, of course. DeLong, DeLong got the hook up. We know we can get up there. He's got the crafts. Maybe that's how he announces his return to Blink. They play on Venus. <laughs> Probably, I won't be. I won't put it past him. He's fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like, would yeah, would like doing like Metallica be the dream? I suppose. 
um, Paul Brannick and Ian Wonderwood have. Done, I think if if Metallica were to do it a book, they would do it themselves. But Brannigan and Wynn would have done that admirably with their uh, their own birth school. Yeah, yeah. Death. Any Green Day book is Winwoods as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I had so many chats with Ian Winwood, and I never understood how a man could just blatantly love two bands so polar opposite of each other. Like, yeah. are we just <laughs> every conversation I ever had with him he, somehow he would bring up Metallica? It would definitely wouldn't come from me or Green Day, and that wouldn't come from me either. And every time I'm like, you've got the maddest t- taste in the only two bands you seem to like as well. Yeah. Which is which is nuts for me. Um I think I think if Green Day ever do a book they should really put it in the hands of Winwood because Oh yes. You know, who who else to kind of uh, to write their story. But by like but by it's it was such a discipline to just sit down and write it. It's it was like writing thirty cover features in three months. And if if you said that to someone yeah, can you do that? It'd oh, be like Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's too much to even <laughs> contemplate. But uh, I, luckily, I, I was uh, Jason Onop, who I used to work with at Kerrang. He saved my life by recommending uh, this woman in Brighton called Helen, who was a transcriber. And uh, if I had to transcribe, because I did about seventy hours of interviews and stuff, and I think if I had to transcribe, I did a fair bit. And um, some friends did some other parts, but if I had to do 70 hours of transcription before the book, I'd just be burnt out from hearing my own voice. Yeah, there's that. That I I don't think people realise how long transcribing stuff takes as well. Because yeah. oh god, probably my 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 worst, my least favourite thing about journalism. How do you get good at transcribing it? Like this Helen, this mystical Helen that I've heard about. No, she yeah. um, does she listen to it like? three times the speed and she can just type really fast or how does you never I, I don't know it's it's a uh, it, it was magical the the speed should return the uh, sound files back yeah um, how much do you, how much <laughs> do you think she made she made up though tell <laughs> 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 me reading a book and like I'm n- I never had a dog called Max what do you want about it? I was like, oh, <laughs> Helen from Brighton <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it was, it just was such a, a it, it took a weight off my shoulders knowing that I could trust her to do all this. Yeah. Like it just, the, all, the hard work really, because it's like pushing a rock up a hill. It just, cause you're thinking, is this bit really important? And if it's important, do I, you know, it's got to be exactly what they said. And it's just got all these things going around in your head as you're trying to hear the actual interview while you're transcribing it. And because, you know, at the start, I was like, I asked people for advice about um, auto transcription services and apps and stuff, and none of them work, especially if it's a Geordie talking to someone from Northern Ireland. <laughs> you might as the, you might as well just yeah. stroke the keyboard with an oven mitt to get the same level of accuracy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. No, no one when they create these things, they don't think of like a, like a more obscure a- accents or ones yeah. that really have like a twang to it. Oh, yeah. Well, people can't people can't talk like me and Morgan, who sound like we've <laughs> got fucking a mouthful of soup all the time. Yeah. <laughs> We're fucked. We're fucked. So you know, I think yeah. if the biography was like the Queen, and I got like Stephen Fry to interview her, 
it would It'd be fine be transcribed fine but mm. right now it, it's it's those apps are just some of it's good it'll start out really well then you read on through and it's just like is this person having a stroke <laughs> <laughs> because it's just because it'll spell words probably but it they make no sense yeah it's really strange is this the part of the interview where we started smoking crack together? Is that why this <laughs> yeah. has all gone wrong? Uh, uh, oh, I ate the we can, and started to hallucinate. <laughs> we can, um, yeah, where can people pick the book up? Where can people get it from? Uh, you, so it's been available on jawbonepress.com forward slash therapy. Uh, the band were doing uh, pre-orders uh, with signed editions, um, but that run is sold out right now. And I think... I think there's plans to uh, do another batch of signed versions. Um, Amazon, um, so you can line Jeff Bezos' uh, pockets. Yeah, he's, he's he needs it. He needs it. The poor bugger. He needs it. Absolutely Just strapped the last six months. I bet. Yeah, fucking yeah. You Going to go. a coin star. With <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a sock full of pennies. Bag of change <laughs> under my bed. Oh, right <laughs> uh, and there's like Kindle and um, Apple Book versions as well. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's called So Much for the Thirty Year Plan. Yeah, everybody check it out. Um, yeah, if you've enjoyed this, check out all of Simon's work. Follow Simon on Twitter. Um, Simon, what's your uh, Twitter? Uh, I handle? am Simon Young. Oh, easy. Coking, coking. And um, um, one more, we're fitting one more question though before you ooh. go, if that's good. Um, oh. As as a as a fellow journalist, I would be remiss. Oh, fuck not off. To- what uh fuck sure. oh, I'm a ju- I'm a journalist um, well, too. Sorry, we're 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 both have you ever seen a murder and not wanted to tell anyone? We're both uh, <laughs> we're both certified journalists, Sean. I don't know if um uh, Yeah, carry on. You know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've got a degree now. I don't know if you've heard about that. Yeah, I've yeah, I've written yeah, stuff yeah. in Quran anyway, and fucking anyway, rocks um, and um, no, I just off. wanted <laughs> I just wanted to get your advice for any any like expiring journalists or like that trying to get it. Did you just say ex- wait it, wait it? I think you just said expiring journalists. <laughs> yeah, ones are going out of date. Simon, is there any, yeah, is Simon, there any advice for Simon, them? And if one, there's any journalists that are dying that you know of, <laughs> could you give them any advice, please? That's what me after you, this, yeah. apparently. Don't die. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great advice. No, but for any for any for anyone looking to get into it or is being it had a career for a while and a bit stuck. I mean, is there is there any kind of advice or words you you'd like you share that you think with, could help? Oh, um, well, the landscape's probably changed very very drastically since I started. So I, I started by doing the fanzine, getting some work experience, and just learning on the job. I was so lucky to get into Kerrang when I did and get the opportunity I you know I had. So, um. For now, it it's just such a f- fragile, increasingly fragmented marketplace. Um, it's, I think, just just write and read a lot and uh, pitch ideas to websites you like, and you know they're always looking for for new writers and things. So j- just write and practice your craft. I think that's all I can really offer. I I was just very lucky. And I probably wouldn't stand a chance <laughs> if I'd started right now. So, um, I, yeah, just, I think just that's a lot of reading. people. Yeah, that's a lot of people's story, though. It's like, yeah, like, like it's you've got to be good at it. Like, obviously, you like you are very, very good at it. But I think, yeah, a lot of people, it's just luck, just time and place, and yeah, 
it's just enjoy what you do and just keep yeah. practicing because you, you'll never perfect it but you can get better at it i think yeah exactly correct exactly good well fantastic this, yes this is being a hell of a conversation thank you yes, so much for taking time thank you i've, I've really appreciated it and uh, thanks for having us on yeah no worries um yeah i hope i get to see you in the flesh at some point soon um probably won't now till about 2022 or whatever <laughs> yeah. um but yeah stay safe and um yeah see you soon hopefully yeah thank you very much thanks again and thanks morgan yes quality yes quality awesome. yes awesome thank you very much to um my friend and not morgan's friend simon young for that very very interesting chat Sorry for anybody who's allergic to dog barks. Yeah, sorry if that set off any animals in your house and stuff. Maybe the dog was trying to get on the podcast to connect with other animals to rule the world. Ooh, I've just taken this dog. No, 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 No? not having that because they don't think like that because they're not that intelligent. Okay, right. uh, You give in animals more credit than they actually deserve, which it seems to be a running theme in the world right now. I want to circle back, though. You said he's not my friend. I know that's the first time meeting him. I'd like to think we've got a friendship now because he's, he's, he off, he's eh? much more experienced than me, but I'm a journalist as well, so I'm one of his people. Like, we're, we're one and the same. That's not what I heard, anyway. Uh, what did, so what I, did he tell you? Know, I, won't say anymore. I won't say anymore, but oh. I spoke to him off it, and that's all I could say. Anyway, thank you so much, Sai, for coming on. Great chat. thanking him. He doesn't care what you've got Great. to think. Yeah, well... Does he not care that he has a new book out and I was just going to promote it just now? Oh, Again. go on. You better add. Go on. Go on. Go okay. On. Well, so much for the 30-year plan. The biography by therapy is available everywhere right now unless it's sold out then you've got to it again. <laughs> and then it's available absolutely <laughs> fucking nowhere brilliant it's available everywhere unless it's sold out and then it's available nowhere so yeah check it out so much for the 30 year plan simon young and therapy with a question therapy yeah. that's how we should have mm. every single time we should have said therapy we should have said therapy because they've got a bloody question mark on the end like putting a V in the middle of a name. Um, is that, be- yeah, is that thank- better or worse than the V, though? The question mark? Because you well, have got to say mark. it. You've got to say therapy. Therapy? Therapy? Um, therapy. You always do sound surprised, don't you? <laughs> Who's playing? Therapy. <laughs> yeah, they're headlining. Oh, no, I know. They're one of my favorite bands. Ooh, therapy. <laughs> yeah. Why did you sound so surprised? No, it's their fault. Yes, I prefer that over the Vs. Okay, nice, um, nice. Yeah. I've seen a band over the last couple of weeks who have, they have either um, done it specifically, I saw in a band a couple of weeks ago who have got an A in their name and a V, right? Can't, that's not allowed. And, it's one. And, the v, and the V is replicating an A. Well, that's, it's one of the means, other. It's one of the other. Yeah, they, don't, they either don't know what they're doing or they've perfected the exact way to piss me off and if they have congratulations if they've done that just so i'll talk about them well done to them landmarks is a bank called landmarks l-a-n-d-m-v-r-k-s i'm not having it i'm not having a v no landmarks 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 yeah that's what i'll be calling them from now on that's landmarks because i think they're german but go and pick up so much of the 30-year plan is available 
to download as well so you can get it wherever but anyway thanks again to Simon again it was a great chat and if you've enjoyed this and want to send us a message then why not head over to our Twitter and Instagram pages at Pod to do so and be very very nice please yes at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D at Pod. that's all I'm saying cheers okay and we've got loads of celebrations coming very very soon I, I guess from next week maybe maybe I've said too much but we're fast approaching our 100th episode next week is the last one with double digits we go to three digits then which is oh it's, that's an extra space on the graphic it's an extra space on your phone oh, it's going to oh, it's going it's it's to fucking really piss off the graphic oh, it's going to it's a whole new world know, yeah for those who don't know this is all pretty much self-done. So, like, we edit it, we record it ourselves, we both come up with artwork for it, and now I've just realised, yeah, now we've got more digits, it's less room on the artwork. Mm. But, but on the positive side, we've got loads of goodies to celebrate the fact that yes, our 100th episode is coming up. So not only subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast to get notifications about it and to keep updated, but if you head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, we're putting up loads of exclusive content and goodies on our Patreon. And we're going to be doing a virtual meetup. We'll possibly be doing a Q&A session. There's going to be great laughs and you get to meet your new best friends who are all absolutely lovely. And we care about every single one of them so, so much. So come and join our mad celebration period of Sapnin podcast via our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Yes, and uh, what Morgan failed to say there was, if you've listened to five or more episodes, you are now absolutely, definitely in line to sign up for the Patreon. So please check it out. Thank you very much. And while we're speaking of our Patreon as well, we need to say a mahoosive shout out to not only everyone involved. If you head over to the description of this episode, loads of names in there we love to thank. But we're going to give a... Round of applause. Round of applause to Are the we? elite members of our Patreon page. Uh, they've probably changed... I don't know why I'm going with this, because well, basically what happens, if you listen to this for the first time, the elite members of our Patreon change their names to some weird, funny shit that we have to read out. We don't know what it is beforehand, and Sean's going to do it for their little bit of giggles right now. So here it is. Right. Here we go. Thank Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you very much to the fantastic Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Liwoe, Mitch Perry, Samantha Spray. Na 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 fucking na 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 which is the riff to the song Isle Function, which is available now by Raiders UK on Everywhere. Thank you very much, Sarah, for putting that as your name. Emma Barber, Janelle Caston, Amadine Urbano, Kelly Young, Dilly Simpsons, Diddick Grimwood, Nathan Croshaw. Got it bad, got it bad, got it bad. I'm hot for Morgan. And of course, that is a uh, a reference to uh, Van Halen, hot for teacher. Um, uh, rest in peace, Eddie Van Halen. What a bloody guitarist. Drew, make me feel like a natural woman styles. Who I saw a picture of yesterday while he was out doing his um, fantastic day job. He had a beard full of wood. That's all I'm saying. Thank you very much to Liam Connolly, Kelly Ewan, Michael Engler, Tom Owen, Amy Campion, Johnny Phillips, Kate, Kate Gentleman Preferred Ginger's Patak, Bar Weep Grang Weep Nee Nee Bong. I don't know what that is. Simon Amos, Jodie Shannon, Ollie's saxophone is not a brass instrument, Amesbury. Right on. Luckily it's not. Kate Stevenson, Morg, wa- Morg won't accept my friend request, so I'm boycotting his puns. That's fair enough. Who is Jenny that? Sex- <laughs> don't know. Jenny, Jenny Sexy Boy Munster, Dana Lasnava, Lucy Diaz, Martina McManus, Emily Senegals, Kevin Clark, Erin Howard, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Kelly Raiders, a chock full of riffs like a candy bar, Mallory, thank you very much, Louis Cook, Nula Clark, Jason Heredia, Mike Cunningham, Marcy Jacobson, Sandra Kuacek, James McNaught, Livy Cropper, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Emma Cannon, Tallulah Grant, Tony Michael, Sharifa O'Dali, Stuart McNaught, Jenny Robinson, and last by no means least, Lydia Henderson. Thank you very much to all of those heroes. You are absolutely superstars. Also, I want to give a shout out to um, Tim Watley, yes. who's one of our Patreons, um, who is... Uh, on his way to defeating cancer and uh yeah he's uh currently going through chemotherapy so just want to say um stay strong you're gonna fucking do this and we're all gonna do a bloody mosh next year somewhere so let's fucking get this sorted cheers tim for your support um cheers for giving us a fucking listen to be honest thank you to everybody and yeah everybody who's joined lately you are absolute superstars and thank you so so much we appreciate you massively massively we we really really do sending our love to every single person involved without your constant support i don't know where the hell uh, we would be but um just a couple of very quick things um a sending all our love as well to the van halen family because that was terrible news this past week um such an influential guitarist mad I, I, who who asks who said I don't I'm not accepting friend requests well I don't to be fair because Facebook I hardly use I only use it for our secret Patreon group and that's that's about it really so I mean Instagram and Twitter is the best place to get me at mhrichards underscore yes got uh, plug in and um, how's everything going with Raiders Sean because obviously you released a new single last week called oh, I Still we did, Function yeah. well remembered again thank you yes it's going alright yeah thanks 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, tiny. All right, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, as um, you know, somebody might have seen, we did. Uh, we've been announced again for two thousand trees next year. We released a Thrice cover. Yeah, and I still function is out now and available from RaidersBandUK.bandcamp.com. So please check it out, and it's also available to stream wherever you steal music from, because that's what it is. Nice. Thanks. Um, I just alienated all our listeners, but <laughs> you thieving, you thieving shits. Wow. But yeah, cool. Um, um, yeah, please check Raiders out wherever you can. Please share it if you if you like it. If you don't like it, share it anyway to people who might it. Go listen to this shit because that all helps. And also, if you check out our socials at Raiders Band UK on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, there's clips up there and there's clips of the end of Destructible where it goes, everything is turned to shit. Fuck yeah. Which would be perfect for TikToks or anything mm. you want to use it for. So have a, have a think, see how you can use it and get back to us. See, Sean, you're always thinking of other people and just providing them with content they can use for themselves. I like it. Oh, no, 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 no. I just want more streams. Yeah, I know, but I was trying to put a positive spin on it so it didn't sound well, like no you were being spin. selfish. I just... Well, I just uh, they probably listen to it. If they've got this far, yeah, they've listened to other episodes, it, right? So they yeah. know me. But I'm just trying to help. No, I know, I, know I get that and I appreciate it more, but pointless. Absolutely oh. pointless. Okay. Um, anyway, a, this has been a fantastic episode it, it that has. I have enjoyed very, very much. It's very, very insightful into the world of journalism and um, rock, just rock, like just going out to hang out with Metallica. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah, shop, like. um, Metallica shop. But yeah, cool. Yeah, bonkers. On to a shop. Never thought of it. Might be the. F- oh, it can't be a future career move. R- Rishi Sunak said we've all got to retrain. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, by next week I might have opened the pizzeria because I had to retrain. <laughs> What's so the name? We'll see. What's the name of your um, pizzeria? Please, you've got. Oh, there's got to be a pun somewhere. What? Can... <sighs> have you got one? You look like you got one. You better not fucking have one. Go on, let's hear it. Look at you. You've gone red. You're holding <laughs> it in. You've gone red. Your head looks like it's going to explode. It's awful. Go on. It's it's high dough, baby. <laughs> that's how that's how bad it is. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, yeah. So well, I'm gonna have to open a pizzeria now because I can't carry on doing this with you after that. <laughs> that's dreadful. Um, uh, oh. I'm gonna be thinking this oh, no, all day this, now. This, yeah. this this is why we can't have sliced things. But we sell sliced things. That's the thing, isn't it? Unless we do unsliced pizzas. You have to buy old pizza, take it home and slice it yourself, like. Kind of like Dr. Martins do with shoes, we do with pizzas. You've got to finish these yourself. Go on. You've got to break these. Yeah, you've got to yeah. break oh, them spend, a, spend a fortune on these massively stiff boots and tell you what, wreck your ankles and fucking Achilles heel for six months so you can finish off the job that we should have done as professional shoe salesmen. Oh, don't stop me on Dr. Martins. Okay. Um, but if Dr. Martins yeah. are listening and would like to sponsor us, I, I don't mind wearing a, a pair and I have my feet bleed just to. Um, I'll sell my feet for money. That's what I'm saying. And not in that weird kinky way. This has gone way too long. Um, give us your Sean Smith pizza puns at SatmanPod oh, on Twitter and oh, Instagram. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to these. You better fucking give them to us. Otherwise, you can have very angry Morgan. I've gone... Fuck it, yeah. yeah I, there's a lot of emotions. 
<laughs> You're crying. Fucking <laughs> okay, hell, it's all gone wrong. Here. Let's stop. Okay. Let's stop now before we lose everybody. Okay. Thank you, love everyone. You. We love you very, very yes. much. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for giving us a fucking moment of your time. If you've got this far again, congratulations. Um, because I'm sorry that we talk so much shit, but I enjoy it and I enjoy getting to speak to these bands and other people. So thank you so, so much for your support. We'll see you next week on episode 99 of Sapling Podcast. Whee! Party! Unbelievable. Tidy. Fucking Sapling! Sapling! You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.